Yo, what's up, guys? We are the Ripe Potatoes. Do it! What the hell is up, taters and tots? I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Steven. And where are those damn ripe potatoes you hear so little about? It's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Each week we are keeping you in tune with our views of movies that we feel have been wrongly analyzed on the Rat and Tomato platform. That is correct, and this week we are going deep into the ocean with a sci-fi hit, Underwater. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How would we even get there? We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Underwater was released on January 10th, 2020, and was produced by Peter Sharon, Tanya Davis, and Jenno Topping. Whoever the fuck they are. <laughs> yep. Alright. Underwater had a budget of 50 to 80 million and grossed 40.9 million worldwide. Meow. For those of you who don't know what underwater is, here's a brief synopsis. Disaster strikes more than six miles below the ocean surface when water crashes through the walls of a drilling station. Led by their captain, the survivors realize that their only hope is to walk across the seafloor to reach the main part of the facility. But they soon find themselves in a fight for their lives when they come under attack from a mysterious and deadly creature that no one has ever seen. The tomato meter gave this a 47% with the average rating being 5.9 out of 10. And total ratings being 198 with 94 fresh and 104 rotten. The audience gave it a 60% average rating of 3.48 out of 5 stars. With total ratings being 2,857 and a total difference of 13% from critics to audience. With reviews like these and our infatuation with the film, you know your tater boys had to get involved. So let's see what the critics had to say about the positives of the film. Underwater. There's no better feeling than starting the new year right with an affectionate, action-packed genre picture. Kristen Stewart is a fantastic lead in the sci-fi thriller that's intense and claustrophobic. It's a man-versus-nature film that asks if humankind has overstepped their position and it has a lot of creepy creatures and claustrophobic situations in it to get the, to get the heart rate up. A simple, effective thrill ride. Underwater is enjoyably delivered, well-made, moist monster melee that is perfectly equipped to offer a submerged cinematic wave of entertainment. I love that alliteration. (laughs) It's a moist monster. (laughs) I'll show you a moist monster. (laughs) It's a a small monster. (laughs) But uh, with the reviews, I did think that Kristen Stewart did really well in this film. Yeah. I'm not actually a huge fan of hers, but uh, in this movie, I did like her. I did. I liked her. I've, I wrote a lot. You can see my these are my notes before I get to the facts. I was I had to pause the movie and write down my thoughts and how this movie has like perfect exposition in the beginning with the newspaper clippings and everything, just explaining what's going on before you even get down into like the drill. Yes. Which I feel is like the best way for exposition instead of somebody being like, "Hey, we built, we bought this drill. Now we're going to the bottom of the ocean." Yeah. Shit like that. It's just, it goes for like not even two minutes and then you already know what's going on, what's happening. Yeah. Boom, the movie starts. And so it lets the movie breathe without slowing down, just to like dumb it down for the audience. We all all know what's happening. But of course you don't know what's going on with the drill rig, of course, so you still have that mystery. It just said, like the newspaper clippings just say like, strange anomalies have been seen and stuff like that, which I fucking love. 
And then the whole, I like the production design. You could tell they like took a lot from, they didn't take a lot, but they were paying homage to like Alien and psh, like Total Recall, stuff like that where it's just like, they're oil riggers. They're pretty much oil drillers, so you know their stuff's not going to be clean. They're dirty. They've been down there for months, so yeah. it's everything just has like a lived-in feel, which I like. It's not fucking like Oblivion or like the new Star Wars where everything's clean. Everything's just yeah, super fucking yeah. clean. <laughs> which yeah, that that is that's definitely a good uh, alliter. Is it alliteration? The word yeah. I'm looking for, um, for the film. So I, I do like the man versus nature film because yeah. I, I do love that shit. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later because I have a question. Okay. All right. And then like a, I compared it to like John Wick where it just has good world building without like revealing too much of what's going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, I already talked about the production design and then even they're like, their underwater suits. They're not CG or nothing. They, they're feel like they fill everyone out and they're just, I feel like they're gorgeous to look at. I fucking love oh, yeah, their dude. suits. They just remind me of like. Doom 2016, the game, yeah, how it's just hefty. Weird. You could tell it has weight, and then you could see it's like inspired again by Alien. Yeah, which yeah, you definitely see a lot of the Alien feel. Yeah, I think I think that's a good thing though, because I love the Alien films, but this is you know fresh. Mm-hmm. It's new for something that we haven't seen necessarily yet. And then my last note was when she walks out onto the platform and sees like the never-ending black for the first time of just like all. Oh, the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Me and Javier seen this in theaters, and then we both just looked at each other and just went, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, like, me, we both have a fear of, like, the deep ocean. Me too. Under, yes. Like, I don't trust what's under there. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, we know more about the, the moon's surface than we know more about the oceans. Yeah, exactly, which is a fucking problem for me. Yeah. That's why I don't go in the ocean, dude. And I have this irrational fear anyway. Where there's always something under me when I'm in big bodies of water. Yo, I do so that all the time. Like Tahoe? Mm-hmm. Even Tahoe. It's not huge, mm-hmm. but it's deep as fuck. Yeah. So it's actually the second deepest lake in the U.S. Ooh. So fun fact for you. <laughs> um, every single time I feel any like hot water mm-hmm. go on my feet or something, I'm like, yo, something's fucking breathing under me. <laughs> <laughs> my thing I don't like, I don't like not seeing what my feet are touching. Yeah, so I don't like I don't like Murky freshwater. Water. Yeah, I don't like freshwater lakes because they always have like tree roots or fucking like stuff growing on the bottom. Or haunting, just, dude. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like not seeing what my feet are touching. It freaks me out. Yeah, dude. Fuck all that. Fuck the ocean is what we're trying to say. <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> oh, I got a story. Tell me. Uh, uh, did I tell you I almost drowned in the ocean one time? Oh shit. No. Yeah, I went to Hawaii a couple yes, years ago. Yes, you did. I yeah. lied. You did tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell the podcast. All, whoever the fuck listens will hear my story about me almost drowning. But anyways, like, I got, we're at this, it's called Big Beach, and we're just sitting there. It was pretty windy that day, so the waves were fucking huge, 10 feet. And then we were just bobbing in the ocean, doing our thing, talking around. And then we saw this wave building, and we kind of just watched it. And then all my friends dove under, because that's what you got to do. You got to dive under it. Yeah. I was the last one to go, and I dove under the last second. So it was pretty much at its peak when I dove under. And then it just caught me in the rip. Was it the rip curl? Is that what it's called? Something. It caught me in there, and then what, from what my friend described, it, it was just fucking, like, throwing me around. And all I remember is being, like, met, like, the sand with my face. <laughs> Dead. Oh, it didn't, like, knock me out, but I saw the lights, you know? Yeah. Where you get punched really hard. Yeah. I saw the lights, and then I had this boogie board, and the current was, like, pulling the boogie board one way and my arm another. And so I had to let it go. And then in my head, uh, I thought I was going to drown. 
you have a lot of time to think all the time. Yeah. So the only thought that going through my head was, well, this is how I go out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but like, I just, I let go and let the ocean take me pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. I had an overwhelming sense of calm. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. I just let it, I just let go. Yeah, you're like, all right, well, this yeah. is it, dude. Later, guys. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have no life flash before, before my eyes or nothing. I just let go. That's all I could that's describe. That's how I imagine what being high is like, dude. I've never been high in my life, mm-hmm. but I, that's how I imagine it. It's just like, you're floating, dude. That's it. Like, you're done. You know, you're not thinking yeah. about anything specifically. <laughs> you're just fucking gone. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it felt like forever. But then all of a sudden I washed like I washed up on the beach and I laid there for like a second and then I sat up like Dracula. <laughs> and my friend who's from Hawaii just came running up and he's like, Bro, bro, you alright? And I was like, Yeah, I'm fine. Like not not phased by whatever the fuck just happened. And he's like, I thought you died, man. And I never seen like his face so scared in my life. And, and you're like, like, fuck me too, dog. <laughs> I didn't think about it at all until like two days later and I was like, Yeah, I could have not came uh, home. <laughs> yeah, dude, that shit's fucking fucked up. Yeah, they, you don't like people who've never been to the ocean doesn't never under you don't understand the power of the water. That's another reason, you know. Like I, I feel like I'm a decently strong swimmer because yeah. I, I mean I've been fucking swimming for days. I used to do it like in a fitness class, even though I'm fat as fuck now. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I feel like I'm a pretty strong swimmer. But even in those cases, dude, yeah. like you can't overpower the fucking water. Yeah, it's all there is to it. We're at this place where you you had to swim in the ocean to like go to this rock, pretty much. And then the only way you can get on this rock is if you had to let the tide carry you and lift you up on the rock. That's the only way you can get up there. You couldn't climb up there yourself. Oh shit! And so each one of us had to wait for the tide to come and push us up on the rock, and then oh, pray to God he didn't get sucked back out. And that's when I realized like this is powerful yeah dude. like even my friend was just like he couldn't hold on he like had he was one of the one of us who had like the hardest time getting up there oh, and so shit. i was just sitting there and i was like i'm gonna help him before i fucking worry about my myself and so he got on that rock and he was like holding on like fucking cat cat woman <laughs> just like, and then like i was just pushing him and then the water was rushing past i was like oh pushed him up there and then i waited oh, for dude. me to get up there and i was fucking holding on <laughs> But those fuck, so yeah. what do you do once you get on that rock? Well, it's called um, the rock's called bunny ears because at the, you climb up to the top and there's these two points that look like bunny ears. Okay. And then we just went up and jumped off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, you could just feel the power of the ocean. And I was just like, holy fuck, this is this shit's fucking. Yeah, real. fuck a whole lot of that, dude. All right, and with all the positives in the world, <laughs> <laughs> you know there have to be some negatives as well. So let's hear from the negative critics. If it had had more of a sense of humor and irony, it would have been a much more enjoyable B-film excursion. Hmm. Although Eubank does a decent job when it comes to executing some of the movie's claustrophobic elements, Underwater remains a huge missed opportunity. Nope. Fuck you. Yeah. Filmmaker Eubank doesn't waste any time launching straight into the action, which ultimately does play a rather instrumental role in triggering Underwater's downfall. Pun intended? I don't know. Whatever, dude. Fuck yeah. Side note, I like movies like that where it just gets right into the thing. I don't care for a lot of exposition and shit like that. I just like it when shit fucking just happens. happens. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't need any of this building. Well, and especially if you... I mean, if you're like me at all, dude, I fall asleep pretty quickly. So if it's mm-hmm. fucking boring, I can't... I just can't stay awake, dude. So yeah. it's like, yo, hook me up with some action, start me off, and I can fucking usually get carried through the film. Yeah. Know, so... And the uh, the abyss meets aliens with a bit of the Poseidon adventure, a lot of Pacific Rim and a dash of the Meg, 
in this subaquatic sci-fi that offers nothing more than a sum of its references. No. I like how it references all these big fucking films. Yeah. Too. <laughs> it's like, the, the fact of the matter is that this movie is trying to be its own. It's not trying to copy yeah. anything. It has its own fucking... It has, yes, that similar feel to where, oh, there is an extraterrestrial potentially, or it's just a, a creature you don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's not the same as any movie you've seen of the sort. So, yeah, I full of like, shit. I like I seen it in theaters in January, which this year just felt like fucking ten months ago. Yeah, <laughs> a lot it's of shit is fucking happened. <laughs> but I remember like I really dug this movie, even though like the under the reason why I didn't do so well at the theaters because I told Steven like January is the movie is the month where movies just they just put movies out to pasture. So like, well, we'll see how it does in this one. If it was like a summer movie, of course it would have done fucking gangbusters. Way better. Yeah. yeah. But since it's in January, no one's going to go see it. But uh, I, to be honest, I kind of don't want to see it because I was like, eh, I don't know about this movie. But Javier's the one who like talked me into it. we got to go see it. Let's go see it. So one day we just went and I fucking fell in love with it. I love this movie. See, and I always, I, I try to watch like any films that have to deal with water because it fucking terrifies me. So I'm like, yo, let's take a look at this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I'll go watch it. But honestly... There's not many movies of this style that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one I was really surprised at how much we liked it, and that's pretty much it. That's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now that we've heard from the critics, we will hear from you, the audience, after a word from those lovely sponsors. If you're looking to get any 3D work or any animation work, make sure you go check out our boy over at Hoover 3D. He's the best in the business and will customize any design fit to your needs. He's also a miracle worker with 2D animation or 3D imaging. We used him for our cover logo and any designs we need. Make sure you give him a follow on Instagram at Hoover 3D and be sure to direct message him for any of your design needs. Those sponsors sure know how to swim through our emotions. (laughs) Now let's get into the positive audience reviews. An amazing movie that's ultimate payoff leads to to the world of Lovecraft. Oh yeah, that's true. I got that in the fun facts later. <laughs> <laughs> I truly hope that there will be a sequel. A lot more Lovecraft to explore. Amen. Yep. I've got exactly what was advertised. Kristen, Stu- Kristen Stewart is at the bottom most bottom of the bottomiest part of the ocean. And shit goes wrong. Vincent Cassell is pretty good. And the production value is high. Yeah, that's true. Yo, I was thinking about that. Vincent Cassell, the the captain, mm-hmm. he's like so fucking, un- he's like an underrated actor. Yeah, dude, I, I agree. He's a fucking gangster in this film, though. Yeah, I fucking I love like it. Just because he was like the cool head. Like, we're going to get out of this, no one's going to die. Effective horror film that is high on action, but sadly low on character development. Nobody and- gives a fuck about that, dude. <laughs> this film isn't about the people. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Intense, and any film that lets... Let's we see more of Jessica Hendwick, who stole Iron Fist, is in my book. Let's we see. Okay. Who let's we see? That's what, that's what it says. <laughs> I'm just reading what Us it says. Let's see, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love the film. Thought it was very entertaining and original. I was kept in suspense for most of the film. Yeah, we did too. Which is why we're here, friend. I don't, yeah, I, I just slightly disagree with the low on char- character development. Because I feel like these characters are already well developed like they like they've spent so much so much time on this rig that they all know each and every like who everyone is there's no introductions there's no 
Like we don't we don't necessarily need to see who they are though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like why do I give a fuck what they are doing above the water? That's not what this film's about. It's yeah. called underwater for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I mean, you obviously get the love between you know the two the two love birds. You already know it's like oh these two are fucking with each other. Yeah, we're fucking each other. Whatever you want to say. And then yeah, I I don't think you need as much character development because you see how they work together and end up fucking coming together regardless. So I don't think it matters. I just personally. feel like. But they're there. The, I agree. Yeah. They're already there. It's the time, there. the time that we spend with them, they already have great chemistry because they're all bouncing off of each other, and none of them's like indifferent towards another character. They're all just like, "We got to survive. We got to do this. We got to do this now." Yeah. And then I just like T.J. Miller's like the comic relief, and he's always the one like adding a little sense of humor and everything, which is I feel like I love that shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like either if either me or you were in the situation, we'd try crack That'd off a joke every sure. now and then. Oh, yeah, somebody gets their fucking head chopped on. I'm like, damn, we always knew he'd lose his head down here. <laughs> Shit like that. I've, I have another story of, like, a terrible joke. <laughs> Something T.J. Miller-esque, but, like, I don't know. Not as funny to other people, but, um... We'll figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> one time, I lived in Santa Fe for, a few, like, a few months and stuff like that. But when we're at, we had a house that had stairs. They are drinking their party and blah, blah, blah. I went to sleep. So I hear this crash, and then I hear a knock at the door, and then it's my friend Mike, and he's like, hey, this guy's name's Kyle, but we call him Big Chief Rocker. He's like, she fell down the stairs. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so I went and I went down, and he was lying at, like, the bottom of the stairs, and he, like, busted up his knee and stuff like that. And he's a big dude. He's, like, he's, like, Quinn size. He's okay. big. And so, we're like, everyone's freaking out. We got to back the car in. We got to do this. And then... My buddy's girlfriend at the time was just like, why don't we just call the ambulance? <laughs> It'll be easier. So they show up and they're like, they're helping him up and they're doing their thing. And he's such a big dude that like they pulled a gurney in and I'm standing there off to the side like, you guys should have brought two gurneys. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone in the room, including the paramedics, just turned their heads and looked at me and I was like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> but I knew it. I knew it would be funny, and that's why I said it, but I was like, man, my friends back home would have laughed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> There's only certain situations, dude. It was like, uh, there was one time I made a joke up. It was about a day after Steve Irwin had passed away, uh-huh. which obviously in terrible taste. But I was like, hey, how do you catch a stingray? And I was like, with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a day after he oh, passed man. away, so, yep. Just so happens I'm that asshole. Anyway. Yeah. See, we'd both be that just... Just to lighten the mood. That's what I you felt. You try was, to, dude, yeah. but it doesn't always work. <laughs> but yeah, but I liked I like their their like their style, like not their style. There's just their chemistry. Yeah. And all. I like how there is the comedic relief because even though shit is fucking tense, it's like yeah, you're even getting sucked into it. You're like, yo, this is fucked up or whatever, yeah. and then you just have the guy cracking jokes yeah. the whole time. One of my favorite parts was when they're in that, like the elevator part going down, mm-hmm. and then there's like. There's a there's a homing beacon. Someone might be alive. It's like, but one of us got to go out there and check. And then it pans to everyone's faces, like, please don't let it be me. And then it goes to T.J. Miller, who's like, "All right, newbie, it's your time to shine." And it's that <laughs> little girl, it's that Jessica Hendrick, who hasn't done anything. She's like barely even been in a suit this whole time. Yeah. And he's just like, "No, nah, I'm fucking kidding." No, nah, it's my. No, I'll do it. Yeah, I like that whole. I love how he carries the fucking stuffed animal with him the whole time, or the fucking. I have a fun fact about that. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that later then. I I don't know if I brought. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. All right. Talking. Well, fuck it. <laughs> well, now that we've heard the positives, it's now time to hear what the audience thinks did not work well with this film. 
So boring, and too many times done. I stopped watching a quarter of the way. Well, that's stupid. Why watch a movie a quarter of the way, idiot? It is a movie. Okay. With actors who appear to be underwater. My roommate said it was good, and that he never steered me wrong, but this time he did. It's fine, but meh. One of the most stupid, pointless movies I've seen. Boring, stupid ripoff of Alien. False. Underwater monsters are scarier when they aren't seen. All the elements of an un... What? Sorry, okay. All the elements of an underwater alien, but not much fizz. They even have to resort to Stuart in skivvies to try and drum up some excitement. Wow. But that was never like a... They never made it a point to like show her... No, dude. No. It was just like... That's what they had to wear. They, they didn't interpret her as like this fucking sexy character or anything yeah. either, though. It's like... If you're down there for X amount of time, I'm sure you're gonna you're not, you're gonna be comfortable with everyone around. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna walk around comfortably. It doesn't matter what the fuck you're wearing or not yeah. wearing. So and nobody nobody in the movie nah, nobody in the movie ever makes it a point to like, damn, you know? Yeah. Like look at either of the two female characters and be like, fuck, like, damn, you hot? Yeah, they just they're going about their thing. I, I like I just like this beginning of this guy's review. It is a movie. <laughs> You're like, right. no shit, dude. <laughs> you don't say. But, like, I don't know. I liked their... The, the, I'll call them the guppies first. Okay. I liked how they look. They're fucking... They look fucking yeah. sick. Like, I agree. One of the scariest parts in the movie is, like, I guess the midway point when they're walking along the seaboard. Like, running along the seaboard or the seafloor. And everything's, like, falling around them. Yeah, fuck And then it. you just see, like, silhouettes of, like, humanoid figures just, like, standing yeah, at certain dude. places. That freaked me the fuck out. No, that, that's where I was like, oh, fuck. You know, like, when you yeah. get all hyped on a movie, you're like, oh, fuck, Ron, dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> what freaked me when they're trying to open that door and they just see, like, a fucking silhouette just looking at them. I was like, oh, yeah, that freaked dude. me the fuck so, out. So, I mean, and in that movie, I was, I think, I don't know if it was you I was talking to with about it, but, um... Where they have to, like, get across the bridge or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're all sleeping. Yeah. And they're all just fucking, like, dangling oh. there, dude. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that, dude. Yeah, fuck all That's that. creepy shit. And it and the movie itself gets quiet. It's almost like uh, if you watch the movie um, A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. it's like you actually hear people. Like, nobody's talking. It, like, just gets fucking completely silent because everyone's like... So focused on the film. Yeah. And those, I think those moments are fucking powerful in movies, dude. Because it's like, oh, you actually feel like you're there, you know? More immersive. Yeah. <laughs> so, gonna say. now that we have the shitty reviews out of the fucking way, uh, we obviously agreed with the audience on this film. So, there's that. But now, it's time for those fun facts with Jay. That's him. I got a question. <laughs> what would you, uh, what would you give this film? Because what the audience gave it a sixty, yeah. I, I'd honestly, I'd probably give it about a seventy, mm-hmm. a seventy percent. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. So going in with no expectations and leaving happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the monster. I mean, it's a fucking. It's, I love sci-fi. I've always been into sci-fi, so this movie was just like fucking tight. You know? Yeah, and then Kristen Stewart. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan, and she even impressed me in this movie. So. I liked it. 70. Yeah. I would say 7 out of 10. 70. Yeah, that's not pretty much the same. Like, I'd say like a 73. Like a low 70s. 73-ish. Mm-hmm. Like it was good. And then, yeah, Kristen Stewart, like, she still got that Twilight stank on her. <laughs> that she can't fucking, she can't get past, but still, yep. she did really good in this one. Um. So, my question for you on this one is, are you more afraid of 
deep ocean or would you be more afraid of like space expedition? Like if you were to land on an unknown planet, would you be more terrified of being on a planet you know absolutely nothing about or would you be more terrified of being underwater? Underwater. Same. 100%. Like <laughs> I would take space any day of the week. I don't care. Like the deep ocean, the bottom, I don't know what's down there. But it still freaks me the fuck out. I honestly, like, I was telling you, I have this irrational fear that down at the bottom of the ocean, there is shit like what you see in this fucking movie, dude. (laughs) And that scares the shit out of me. So, fuck the ocean. Yeah, stay stay near the beach. Don't go out there. (laughs) This freaks me the fuck out. I'm saving you. I'm saving your life. (laughs) Just just look at pictures of the beach. There you go. (laughs) All right, let's get into the first one. This is the last 20th Century Fox film to to be released under its original 1935 name. Oh, shit. Before the name was changed to 20th Century Studios by Disney after their acquisition of the Fox and its assets. That is a fun fact, dude. Yeah. It's actually cool. R.I.P. Fox. Rest easy, homie. I know. Pour one out for you. (laughs) (laughs) And they reuse sets from the Kepler station by reorganizing portions and manipulating pieces in order to create the Robux station. Just to save money, I assume. Yeah. Which is smart, because you don't really see, like, a lot of it, but you know, like... This is a different station. Yeah. All right, and the little creature they capture is called the Clinger. A Clinger? Yeah, that little baby squid thing they found. Oh, okay, yeah. That was a good part, too, what they're all bickering about. Like, it's probably a new species, and then, like, we should name it. And then, like, the other guy was like, I killed it, I get to name it. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted Stuart to be barefoot through the opening run, which Kristen was totally down to do, but concerns about cutting and hurting her feet led led them to create footwear painted pink to create the illusion. Just like fake shoes for her feet. Hobbit oh, feet. There okay. we go. And then Kristen Stewart shaved her head for this role. She actually did shave her head. Huh? Yeah. It, That's it, cool. Yeah, and it go, like, calls back to like Alien 3, where Ripley shaved yeah, her Ripley. head. Yeah, Ripley. Yeah. There's a lot of Alien callbacks to this, which I don't really mind. And the crew... When the crew for all first assemble in the control room, the boot-up sequence sound sampled from old, old analog hard drives and originally used in Alien 1979 can be heard. Fuck yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I like fucking... I love sound design so much. And then the opening credits feature maps, text, and headlines that paint a picture of the world. The maps are actual schematics used to build their sets, too. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And then Captain Lucian, played by Vincent Cassell... I can't fucking say this name. Vincent Cassell, there we go, who spent his downtime riding around the set on a motorized skateboard. And then there's a quote, so he makes us all look very inactive. (laughs) (laughs) And then the spider in the sink at the beginning of the film was almost a moth, but I thought the moth might be a little too Guillermo del Toro. The scene is meant as foreshadowing both the film's theme and to get viewers instantly on Nora Kristen Stewart's side. I think it worked, dude. It does. It's a it's a really good foreshadowing where she's gonna like save instead of killing it by drowning it in water. She was gonna save save it. Yeah. Yeah. And then a playing card, the Queen of Hearts, is visible at 4:40, and this is the film's first nod towards Alice in Wonderland. Oh, there's yeah. multiple, huh? Yeah. Because even, that. like, T.J. Miller's character is always quoting Alice in Wonderland and shit like uh, that. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right, dude. Yeah. Andy Muschietti, director of Mama and It, mm-hmm. offered advice and tips in regarding the horror elements, and he was an awesome part to have early on checking out the film and whatnot. That's, <laughs> that's, what, a, that's a quote. quote. <laughs> yeah. And whatnot, whatever. He was there to help. They mentioned in the commentary during the end sequence that it's great seeing Nora and Emily save the day, even as they have to carry around the dead weight that is Liam. It's very progressive, but also speaks to the awesome tradition in science fiction that that's being more 
progressive. But they neglect to mention that the women are in skimpy underwear. While Gallagher is wearing boxers and a t-shirt. But their point still stands. Man, again, it's a fucking nod towards Alien, right? Yeah. Ripley's a fucking badass, bro. Well, that's all there is to and it. She also got in her underwear, too. Yeah, that's While true. defeating the alien. Yeah, dude. <laughs> she didn't give a shit, dog. Yeah. And Eubank is understandably proud of the shot at 58-52 of the character flipping through the water onto a large platform. I didn't know if the people will even believe that, but it's a real shot of people flipping in an actual god light that was dangling from a crane. Like, oh. I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like eight feet or nine feet off the ground, but still, there's obvious CG throughout many of the action sequences, but there's also a lot of physical work from both the actors and the stunt team. That's fucking tight. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Asked what he thinks makes a good monster. In his mind, Eubank suggests that the ideal monster should represent something big in the story, something important, something having to do with the characters. He also thinks it's important to understand what exactly the monster wants so that its intentions with the characters are clear. Well, they're just fucking hungry. Yeah. Right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like, yeah, I kept, I kept trying to fucking swallow them whole for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. And then right here, Paul's chest tattoo is of the Cheshire Cat, which is another nod towards recognizing the inspiration of Lewis Carroll's creation. Which I did see. I did notice that, but I honestly didn't put two and two together. Uh-huh. Even fucking like, oh, they're alluding to fucking Alice in Wonderland all the time. I just liked he kept quoting the book, and then even what is it, Kristen Stewart is like, everyone knows you don't know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she says. And then the opening credits mention that Tian Industries are accused of covering something up relating to the operations in the Mariana Trench. During the course of the movie, it becomes apparent that they knew about the creatures and didn't care. Fuckers. Yeah. Which fucking sucks for everyone else. Which, there was another movie, I, I want to say it was, uh, was it called, uh, th- was it Life or something like that? It was the space one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's Life. Okay, so yeah, dude, it, it's essentially that same thing too. Yeah. It's like, oh, we already knew this was here, but we need you guys to bring it back, and if not, fuck you, you're dying. Or whatever <laughs> the case may be, you know? Anyway. I've seen this cool fan theory where they're like, Life is a pre- Life is the prequel to Venom. Yeah, I did see something like that, like, too. Oh, that would have been so fucking cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, especially with Ryan Reynolds in it, dude. Yeah. I mean, you already have Deadpool right there, but obviously it's a different universe because he wasn't an astronaut. I don't know. In my head canon, that's the prequel to Venom. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I'll take it. And then from the newspaper article around the rescue of the two survivors, this film takes place in the year 2050, which you could tell it's like a, it's in the future, but not the far future. Yeah. Which that's okay with me. <laughs> which that's, a, that's okay with me. And then against expectations, Smith, John Gallagher Jr. survives the entire movie despite wearing a deep diving suit with the unlucky number 13 on it. I noticed that. Because he's the only one that has like a number that I've seen and it was like 13, but I didn't put like the unlucky number 13 on it. Yeah, bad luck 13. I was thinking that too when I was yeah. writing this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then the last one. Director William Eubank has confirmed in an interview that the sea monster scene in the movie is in fact Cthulhu from H.P. Lovecraft's Mythos. Strangely, the mining company is called Tian Tian Industries. In literature, the adjective Lovecraftian Tian is used to indicate the type of cosmic horror. Also, there is a hint that the company awoke the monster on purpose, as the characters look at look at Cthulhu from the station windows. The recording states, "Tian Industries, we have big things in store for you." In the Cthulhu mythos, a common trope is the existence of a powerful cult that attempts to awaken. Oh shit. That's pretty fucking cool. 
I like that. I, I like that fun factor. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favorite fun <laughs> fact so far. No, it's fucking sick. I didn't even think of it as Cthulhu, though, you know, because I I was thinking Cthulhu with the fucking tentacles. Ten, yeah, that's what I thought, too, that's but why. it's still, like, it's still fucking terrifying. That fucking The creature itself was scary as shit, dude. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. If you like underwater movies, <laughs> get it, because it's called underwater. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you like any movies that have to do with the ocean, any shit like that, and you like to be a little bit creeped out, this is a good one. Yeah. Fucking watch it. It's definitely... Un- uh, underappreciated, I would say. And Kristen Stewart, good job for doing something right for once. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> what did she do to you? Dude. What yeah. happened between you Twilight, two? Twilight, bro. That whole fucking... I, so I had an ex-girlfriend that had me watch all these fucking Twilight movies with her. And I watched every single one. And Kristen Stewart's character pissed me off, dude. She had no fucking emotions. She sucks at acting. <laughs> That's it, dude. It's not like she sorry. doesn't. She doesn't suck at acting. It's just the character had no motivation. Like it takes a good director to make a <sighs> character work, and it like. Well, fuck the director then, and fuck you, Kristen, for not making it better. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the check cleared, I'm just fuck it. Yeah, I mean she's obviously balling out of control, you know. So I can't fucking say shit because she's gonna make more money in one movie than I will in my whole life. <laughs> so. Fuck you for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, that's going to conclude this episode. Um, thank you guys for sticking around again. Oh, and yeah. If you have any movies in mind, send them our way. We'd love to review them. We'd love to talk shit. And uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Oh, this has been some real shit. You better step back, dead, before I'll lose my